Well, are you ready for the word today? Uh, anybody here ever played the game when you were a kid, Simon Says? You remember how that goes, Simon Says, do this, Simon Says, do that. And, uh, and the winner, of, of the, the object of the game was to, to win by following the orders of Simon. When Simon says something, you do what Simon says. Uh, Simon, but if Simon ever said, he gave an order, if he ever said to do something without saying Simon says, but you did it anyway, then you were out of the game. Well, today I want to begin a series entitled Solomon Says. And uh, I, want to, I want to talk today, we're going to begin this series uh, out of the book of uh, Proverbs. We're going to be spending some time on the book of Proverbs because Proverbs is a book of instruction about how to live in the wisdom of God. And uh, we live, how many of you know we live in, a, in, in kind of a crazy world right now? And, uh, but, but God wants us to have our wits about us. God wants us to walk in life as he designed it. And uh, the Bible says that Solomon received grace from the Lord. He was the wisest man that ever lived. There was no one wiser before him or since him. That's what the Bible says. And so he had the grace of the Holy Spirit upon him. He had special favor and special wisdom, and he gave these uh, instructions for us on how to live. So we're going to be de dealing with that over the next few weeks. Now, there is a difference, however, between what uh, Simon said and Solomon said, right? Simon, whatever Simon says, he was trying to get you to lose. But when Solomon said something, he was, he's trying to get you to win. He's setting you up for a win, to be successful in life. And so, as I said, this, this uh, summer, we're going to be looking at a variety of topics on how to navigate through the times that we live in and in our lives. Today, we're going to begin where Isaac left off last week. How many appreciated Isaac's message last week? Did he do a great job? Well, if you remember, point number five, he's getting long-winded like me. Point number five is where he left off, and actually where Solomon began the book of Proverbs. We're going to be talking about the fear of God today. And uh, so Solomon says, and this is my title today, fearing God will foolproof your life. That's one of the things that I think, that's the first thing. The book of Proverbs begins with this idea of the fear of God. So let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord, would you read this out loud with me and together? Well, forget it, it's verse 7. I, I, I don't know how that happened, but it's verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The, the fear of the Lord, everybody say the fear of the Lord, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now let's try this one. Proverbs 14, 16. I think we have this one up there. Yes. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil. Let me just stop right there. I love that word shun. I shun evil. 
That's a great word. That's what happened when Julie broke up with me in college. She shunned me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> For good reason, probably. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. They feel like it's okay, that they're, in, they're good. Well, they're not. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to talk about the fear of God. Lord, we welcome you in these next few moments to be with us. Just pray for your grace and for your anointing on your word here today. And uh, Lord, let your favor, let your heart be um, just throughout this room today, God, that we would understand what it means to truly fear you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Now, last week when Isaac was talking about this, I think he was absolutely right when he shared that there is a real lack of the fear of God in the church today. And he described it, if you remember, he was talking about foundations in our lives, and it was really good. And he got down to this last one, and he talked about how there's just been, over the course of time, we all know, and we've heard about it, and we sense it, that there's, a, there's been a, a falling away, if you will. I think I've heard the number, something like 40 million Americans have, who once professed Christianity have They've, they have fallen away, at least from uh, the church, so to speak. And I'm not saying they all don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's been this kind of mass exodus that has happened in Christianity today. And he attributed that, I think rightly so, to this lack of, of a genuine fear of God. But this is also what Solomon said. Solomon, basically, when he starts out the book of Proverbs, as we read it there, of course, you didn't read it there, but I quoted it to you, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And uh, this is how the book starts out. Let's just look at that just for a moment. That word for knowledge, when he talks about knowledge, he's not just talking about information about God. But the word knowledge in the Bible always is about knowing God intimately and personally. And he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Everybody say beginning. That word beginning literally means the principal part or the starting point. Or if you would, it's the main ingredient to truly knowing God, to knowing the ways of God, the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. The place you start isn't just information, it's having a genuine fear of God. And the Bible tells us that it's a fool who says in their heart, there is no God. Not just denying the existence of God, but defying the reality of God. It's not just saying, it's, it's not just that atheistic thought that there is no God, but it's also saying no to God. That's foolish. But life starts with the recognition that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and they have a genuine fear that God truly is. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Now I know that outwardly it may look like things are really bad right now. And in many ways, if you pay attention to the news and if you watch the news, things don't look good outwardly. But biblically, I believe that, and, and I believe this is prophetic too, that right now that we are moving into one of the most exciting times in human history. 
that God is moving in the earth today, that God is setting us up for some great awakenings and great revivals. And I know it doesn't look like it, and it certainly doesn't feel like it, but God is, we are poised and ready for a great outbreak of the Holy Spirit. Come on, do you believe that today? But here's a problem. God is moving. God is setting us up to move, but many of us are walking in the wrong direction kind of fear. Fear we fear-based anxiety is at the top of most of our problems. The spirit of fear is rampant in our society and, and is growing worldwide. Paul said in Romans 3:18 that that there is there is no fear of God before the eyes of the people that live in this world. And so there is no fear of God. So people are afraid of everything. There's a fear. We're afraid of global warming. And did you know El Nino is back? That was around in the 80s. Well, it's back now. We're afraid of the collapsing environment. We're afraid of famines. We're afraid of financial disaster. They're telling us, get ready. Things are going to get even worse financially. We're afraid of right-wing takeover. We're afraid of left-wing takeover. Why did it get quiet just now? We're afraid of wokeism. We're afraid of what they're doing to our kids at school. We're afraid of we're afraid of lawlessness in our streets. We're afraid of people transgressing the borders of our nation. We're afraid that the church is going to lose its influence. Fear is gripped, and not only are these outside sources of fears bombarding us, but we all have those inward insecurities, fear of failure, fear of man, fear of loss, fear of trouble, fear of pain, and the list of fears is endless. That's the wrong kind of fear. I got to give you a quote by Oswald Chambers. Oswald said this, he said, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And I think Oswald was right. When we don't fear God, all these other fears creep in and take over. And here's the rub. When we have those kind of fears in our life, we start living life and making choices outside of the wisdom of God. And the design of God and the plan of God when we have these fears. But listen, if we cultivate a true fear of God, it will be the cure to all other fears. Hallelujah. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? The psalmist even knew this. I want want to show you this in Psalms 112. Verse 1 says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Look at that. Blessed are are the people who fear God. And he goes on in that same chapter, and he says in verse 7, look at these words. He says, that person who fears God will not be afraid of evil tidings, or a better way of saying that, will not be afraid of bad news. His heart will be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. When you have a right fear of God, you're not afraid of anything else. Amen. So this is good. Why is this good? Because the reason, that the, the reason this is so important is that we're moving into a time 
where the fear of God is vitally important for us. God is raising up a victorious bride in these last days who fears nothing but God alone. So that she can fearlessly, courageously, boldly, lovingly, perseveringly make a difference until the, until the Lord comes back. Amen. So we need some fear. Amen. We need a genuine fear of God. So in order to get there, I think first of all, I just want to talk about this idea that we need to learn what it means to fear God. I don't think that we know what it means, and so we need to learn. You know, the Bible said, as I already said, that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. That's what the Bible says. But he, and he received that grace to be wise, but it's also something that he learned. And one of the places that he learned this was from his own father. David said in Psalms 34, verse 11, David said these words, Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. In order to fear God correctly, we need to learn what that looks like. It's something that we need to become childlike in our understanding of what it means to fear God. Just like we want to teach our children certain things that you actually need to be afraid of. You don't want to touch that stove. You won't, don't want to cross that street. You don't want to make a wrong move at the wrong time. And so we need to learn this. And we need to come before the Lord with childlike understanding, with childlike faith, to learn what the fear of God is. It's so important for us. And generally speaking, there are three kinds of fears There's that we all deal with in our life. There's the harmful fear that hinders us. That's not what God, we've already talked about those kinds of fears. That's not of God. The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Amen. So there are fears that are harmful to our progress in the Lord, and that's not the kind of fear God wants in our lives. Now, there are healthy kinds of fears. It's good if somebody's having a shootout between guns. You don't want to walk in the middle of that. That's healthy. Amen. That's a healthy kind of fear. Or when you want to eat that wedding cake, don't eat it. That's a healthy kind of fear. That cake will kill you. No. That's the only time I actually don't eat a keto cake is when I go to a wedding. Amen. Anyway, I thought you might want to know that. In case you ever get married, invite me. But then there's a holy kind of fear. And it's this holy kind of fear that I want to talk about. What does it mean? What is this, what is this true fear of God? What does it mean? Well, biblical fear is translated in the Bible. Now listen to these words. It is translated as terror. It is translated as awe. And it is translated as reverence. A godly fear encompasses terror and awe and reverence. But for you and I who have come to faith in the Lord, the fear of God is not to be scared of God, but to hold Him in the highest regard and with the deepest reverence, to know that God is God and you are not. 
To put him in the highest place of authority in your life. To know that he is the God who forms the world. He is the God who walks on the wings of the cloud. He is the God when he would show up throughout the Bible, places would shake both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And he is to be revered and to be highly respected in our lives. And again, he is God. And I am not. And no one else is on planet earth. And this is the true fear of God. And, and people who are scared, uh, God doesn't want you to be scared of him. He wants you to have a true fear of him. Because people who are scared of God run away from God. That's what happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned against the Lord. And God came down in the cool of the day to walk with them. They realized that they had Failed God, and what did they do? They covered themselves up, and when they heard his voice, they ran and hid. And that's what fear does. It causes you to run away from God. But genuine fear of God draws you to his presence. We see this with Moses and the children of Israel when they were going through the promised land, or going, uh, leaving Egypt and going out to Mount Sinai. On their way to the promised land, the Lord said, bring the children of Israel near to me. And he said, I'm going to show them who I am. And God showed them who he was all right. Fire came and thunder and lightning and the earth quaked. And the people saw that and said, they went to Moses and said, no more. We can't handle his presence. He scared us to death. You talk to him. And Moses said to them, don't be scared of God. God drew you near so that you would have fear. So that you would understand that he is holy and he is right and he is just and you need to give your life to him. God wasn't trying to scare you away from him. He's trying to draw you near. And after that episode, the Bible said the people withdrew from the presence of God. But Moses drew into the presence of God. That's what genuine fear does. It draws you to him. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so... For us, this is what it looks like. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29 says, this is to us as the believers. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, come on, can I get a good amen? We are right now presently receiving a kingdom. God is moving. Come on, church. God is moving in the earth today. We are right now receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, because don't get it wrong, our God is a consuming fire. God isn't trying to scare us. He wants us to know that He is not after us, but let's not play games. Let's have a genuine fear of God. Serve Him, love Him, give our lives to Him, because He's setting things up for a great work. Hallelujah. And you don't want to be a, you don't want to miss it. Amen. Come on. Can I get a good amen out there? So that's when we learn about the fear of God. That's what it means. But let's talk about learning about the fear of God. Let's let's talk about the benefits of it. Now I'm not going to be able to exhaust all the scriptures I could have given you, but I'm going to give you more than you probably need. And um, but there are some benefits to to this uh, having a genuine fear of God. First of all, it ensures a full and abundant life. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Everybody say prolongs. 
prolongs days. How many of you want to live a long life? The Bible says the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. I know Billy Joel said, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners seem to have more fun. Only the good die young. Well, that's a bunch of crap. (laughs) Actually, the studies prove otherwise. The studies prove otherwise. Having a genuine fear of God sets you up for a healthier life, a more long-lasting life, a safer life, a more protected life, because you have a genuine fear of God. He prolongs your days. Also, having a fear of God helps us to build a secure and holy and happy home. Proverbs 14.26 says, Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. When you fear the Lord... It blesses your house, it blesses your marriage, it blesses your children, and it blesses your grandchildren. Amen. This is the fear of the Lord. The fear of God not only helps us to build a godly home, but it also protects us from the snares of evil and the snares of the evil one. Proverbs 14.27 says, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. How many of you know that there are snares and traps that are set for you? Listen, the snare of the devil is constantly being set for you and I. And where there's no fear of God, we walk right into it. Where there's no fear of God, we are we are when we when we don't have a proper understanding of the of the awesomeness and the power of who God is, and we start kind of uh, walking away and getting in our own uh, getting in our own way, so to speak. We are led we are led right into the trap, and we take the bait. But notice what he says. The fear of the Lord is a what? It's a fountain of life. How many wish that there was a fountain of youth? I do. I don't want to go back and do my uh, high school years all over. That was terrible. But I do want to stay young. But it's too late. I'm old. But a fountain of youth can't compare to the fountain of life. When you're busy at the fountain of life, that's the fear of God. When you are, have a genuine fear of God, you are consumed with staying at the fountain of life where life happens. And you won't get surprised or caught in the snares of evil. He's setting traps for you and me. And he's baiting it. He knows, hey, you know what? The devil knows what you like. He knows what you're into. Amen. Come on out there. Are you with me? He knows what you think you need in your heart. He knows 
where your weaknesses are. But if you will stay busy at the fountain of life, if you will hang out there, if you will have a fear of God, if the fear of God is the fountain of life. Amen. Come on, church. Here's another one. This is just an add-on. David said this one in, in Psalms 25, verse 14. I love this. He said, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Basically, what David is saying is, when you have a genuine fear of God, you are in deep, intimate, close relationship with God. The secret, the secrets of God are with those who fear him. God visits you, God talks to you, God reveals things to you, God shares things with you that he doesn't need to share with anyone else. He shows you his heart, he brings you into his presence, and God, there is such a closeness and a friendship that you have with God when you genuinely fear him. David said, come to me, sit down, let me talk to you, let me teach you, let me train you, listen to me, so I can teach you about the fear of God. It's not being scared of God, but it's having a genuine awe, respect, and reverence, and deference to God. He is bigger than me, powerful, more powerful than me, smarter than me. I'm not the Lord of my own life. He's the Lord of my life. And when I fear Him, there's so many blessings. And you can go and look at this yourself and Google it for yourself or do the Bible gateway, search it up for yourself. There are, there are scripture after scripture after scripture that show you the benefits of genuinely fearing God. Amen? So we need to learn to fear God, what it means and how it benefits us. But then, you just got to live it. This is what I want to talk about. I want to kind of camp out here for just a moment. Living in the fear of God. Now, I want to show you a verse of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29. It says, because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Now, just keep that up there if you would for me. The, the verses leading up to this, Solomon is talking about how wisdom cried out in the streets and said, come. Sit down at my feet, learn my ways. This is the Spirit of the Lord speaking, really. And he said, I cried out. And he said, I, I talked to all of humanity. Come and learn of me. Learn my ways. Learn from me. But the Bible says, they would not. They hardened their heart. They turned their back. They refused to believe. They, they refused to listen to the words of wisdom. And so calamity came. And hardship came, and pain came, and because they resisted the word, they reaped what they sowed. And then in their desperate moment, they cried out, save us! And then he said in verse 28, but when they called to me, I would not answer. And when they sought me, they did not find me. And he said in verse 29, because they hated knowledge. And they did not choose to fear the Lord. Everybody say choose. Here's how you fear the Lord. Here's how you live in the fear of the Lord. You choose it. Well, I'll fear God when I get it all figured out. Nope, that's not how it works. I'll fear God when I start believing things that I don't believe in the Bible. Listen, 
You better believe the Bible. You better believe God's word. You can't figure it out. You come to God and say, your word is truth. You have to make a choice to believe now. Amen. Come on. You don't figure this out along the way and then somehow come into it and and then think it's going to just come to you. No, you have to make a choice now. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Whether you're going to serve the God who has revealed himself in his word or the God of your fathers or the God of the nations of this world, make a choice and walk into that choice. That's the fear of God. You choose to believe him, to believe his words, to believe his counsel, to believe his wisdom, even if you don't understand it. Right here, right now. How many of you as a parent said to your children, because I said so? Come on. And if you didn't do it, you're just being rebellious. You're going to do it eventually. I'm never going to do that. My parents did that to me. Oh, get over it. Sometimes it's just because you said so. Amen. The fear of God is a daily choice. We choose to walk in the fear of God. When we choose to walk in the fear of God, it actually motivates us toward holy, reverential, righteous living. We struggle with the fear of God, I know. And we can be, there are people that, again, there are people that have this kind of fear that they're just afraid of going to hell. They don't want to go to hell which has nothing to do with the fear of God. Because they, are, they don't want to go to hell, but they don't genuinely fear what God says and change their ways. They don't want to go to hell, but they don't, really, they don't have a genuine fear of God that readjusts their life. Listen, fearing God is a choice you have to make. Paul said in the New Testament, in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You are saved. You've made a choice for Jesus. Now you walk that out. You work it out every day of your life with fear and trembling. This is not a game. Amen. This is for real. And this is for keeps. This is, Isaac was right. This is a tough subject. And I don't want to um, come across in a judgmental or harsh or uh, uncaring way. So this is, you can imagine this is, I'm starting to sweat up here. You know, I'm getting nervous about how I'm presenting this. But this is, this is really important. I don't want to get into legalism, but sometimes we need to, we need to hear you know, the stuff. Amen. We need to hear it. What does this mean to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? What does it mean to live our lives with a holy fear of God? Well, first of all, it means we tremble at His presence. We tremble at His presence. Psalms 89 verse 7 says that God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. God is to be held 
or God is to be greatly feared. And that word greatly feared or the word feared there is not the word for awe and respect. It literally means he is to be trembled at. We are to tremble at the presence. We are to have a sense of the presence of God in our lives and tremble Not be scared of, but tremble at the reality that Almighty God is in our lives. Amen. And the word for reverence when he says that God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence, that's that word, awe and respect. And this is going to keep us in a constant place of worship and awareness of God's holy presence in our lives. This is what it means to live in the true fear of God. Paul was writing to the Corinthians, and he said to them, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And he said, for what fellowship does light And you are light. Come on. Anybody in the room light? In Christ you are light. He said, what what does light have to do with darkness? And he's talking to the Corinthian believers and he's talking to Christians. And he says, come out from among them and be separate. Don't be like the people of this world. Don't behave, think, act like the people of this world. Don't you know that you're the temple of the living God? That God's presence is in you. You don't just walk into there. You don't just go to that. You don't just look at that. You don't just say that. You don't just perform that work. You're light. You're not dark. You need to come out of that and be separate. Separate yourself from that. Get away from that. Why? Because you're light. You're not dark. He never, even, he never even said to them, your light burned out. He didn't say that. He said, you are light. Get out of there. Stop going there. Stop looking at that. Stop behaving that way. Amen. Why? Because you're the temple of the living God. God's presence lives in you. And then after he said that, the very next verse is the very next chapter. Chapter 7, verse 1 of 2 Corinthians, he said, Therefore, having these promises, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. The word perfecting means maturing, growing, developing. Amen. Are we okay out there? This is what it means to tremble at his presence. To know that God, he's right here. He's right here whenever we come together. You know, it'd be, it wouldn't hurt us to tremble in his presence during our worship. Not to be scared of God, not to get weird, I mean, but to tremble in the holy presence of God as we come together. Then I walk out of these doors and I live out there where the rubber meets the road.
And where it ain't that easy, it's easy. It's a little bit on the easier side in here when, everybody, when I got a bunch of Christians around me propping me up. But what, up, what about when you're out there? Well, you have God within you. And he's with you. He's not going to leave you. And he's not going to forsake you. But we have to act like he's living in me. Amen. It's just trembling at his presence. This is what it means to live in the fear of God. It means also, number two, to treasure his word. To treasure his word. Proverbs 13, 13 says, He who despises the word will be destroyed. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Look at those words. The person who despises the word will be destroyed. That word despise means to hold as insignificant. The word of God is anything but insignificant. It is the most significant book on planet earth. The revelation of God's word is the most important thing that you will ever possess and word that you will ever read. It is not insignificant. And if we're not reading the word of God, we need to crack our Bible. And we need to get into the word of God because the word of God, the Bible is God's revealed word to you and I. But one of the reasons why there's such, such little fear of God in, the, in the, some of the church today is because the way we look at the Word or how we value the Word by not giving it the time and the attention that His Word deserves. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this is important anyway. Amen. Job, it's, it's, the most, it's the most important thing, it's the most valuable thing that you and I possess in our lives is the living word of God. Job, I love Job 23, verse 12. He said, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job said, the word of God for me is a treasure, and a treasure is something you need. It's something that you read. It's something that you heed. It's something that you've got to follow in your life. When we talk about treasuring the word of God, we're not just talking about reading it. We're talking about doing what it says. That's a true fear of God. Amen. How many of you love that song, I Am a Friend of God? Anybody here love that? Do you remember that song? You want me to sing it? No, I'm not going to sing it. I love it. I am a friend of God. I used to love singing that song. And I love songs about being a, God, a friend of God. And people love talking about God as our friend. Well, Jesus said, you know what? If you're my friends, you're going to do what I command you. How's that for a friend of God? If you're a genuine friend of God, it isn't just a touchy-feely sentiment. It's wonderful that Jesus said, I no longer call you servants but friends. Oh, and by the way, my friends do what I say. And that's a genuine fear of God. That Jesus, and I know this seems like, how do, you, how do you balance this out? To be a friend of God, and yet to have a genuine fear that I will not do anything that he says not to do. Or I will do whatever he tells me to do. And yet we're friends. It's amazing. That's how, that's how my marriage is with Julie. We're friends but I'm going to do what she tells me. 
Do you think I'm that dumb? <laughs> Amen. Here's another way that we live in the fear of God. We turn away from all evil. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The opening verse of Job says that Job feared God and eschewed or turned away from or shunned evil. That's the opening line. Job was not an unrighteous man. He wasn't perfect, but the whole premise was, this is a guy who feared God and turned away from evil. And look at the evil that happened to him. But he turned away. And this is what it means to fear God. When evil is out there, when the things that are out there that are tempting me are there, the true fear of God is I'm turning away from that. I'm not walking into it and then groveling back later after I've laid away for a while because I'm so ashamed. Amen. How many of you know that it's good always to come back to the Lord though, right? It's always good. But a genuine fear of God not only turns away from evil, but literally, let's go one step further. It means that I love what God loves and I hate what God hates. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. God hates evil. I need to hate what God hates. Pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth. I hate. Those are things that God hates. And if God hates it, I need to hate it. I don't need to abide it. I don't need to make room for it. I don't need to just disagree with it. I don't just need to disapprove of it. I don't need to just kind of like sweep it under the rug like, you know, I really, you know, I don't, I don't really, no. I need to hate what God hates. That's the fear of God. And I know, again, this is a, this is a tension because we, we want to try to hold this in balance. I want to hate evil, but I don't want to hate people who are gripped by it. I don't want to hate myself. I don't want to fall under shame. I don't want to come into condemnation. But I want to hate what God hates. I want to love what God loves. Because that's the genuine fear of God. And this is not popular in, among Western civilization because there's such a, well, if you hate that, then you must hate them. And no, it's not that at all. It's not that at all. But we need to get real about hating what God hates and loving what God loves. Amen. I don't just disagree with ungodly things. I want to hate those things. I don't want them in my life. Amen. Is this making sense to anybody? So living in the fear of God means we turn away from evil. The final thing that I want to share is that living in the fear of God means that we trust in the Lord. Everybody say, trust in the Lord. I want to read a verse of Scripture. This is a great verse. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10 says, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Now watch this. Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. The person who fears the Lord, the person who obeys the voice of the servant, here's the key to your life. 
walk in the fear, uh, trust in the Lord, trust in the name of your God and rely upon him. But I love that phrase where he said, who walks in darkness and has no light? So if I have a proper fear of God in my life, does that mean I'm not going to have problems? No, we're going to have them. There are going to be dark days in your life. There's going to be difficult circumstances in your life. There's going to be disappointment in your life. So I love this. He says, who fears God? Who obeys his voice? Who walks through really hard times in your life? Here's the key. The key is to trust God. Just trust in the name of the Lord. Rely upon your God. He's going to get you through. Don't jump ship on God. Stay in that place of having a proper fear of God. Keep God right where he needs to be in your life. You're going to get through this, but you've got to trust and obey. That's what a person who genuinely fears God does. They trust him, and they obey him, and they don't walk away from him. No matter how difficult it is, Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, we commentators believe that Solomon wrote the book of the Song of Solomon. Uh, have you ever read that? That's exciting. The Song of Solomon when he was young. That he wrote the book of Proverbs when he was in the prime of his life, and he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes when he was old. And you can kind of see the pattern there in his life, but he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and he said, he did all this stuff about, you know, how life is full of vanities and meaninglessness and disappointments, and But he finally came down to the end of it, and this is what he said. This is how he ended Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. He says, this is, that's the whole story. I love that. That's the story. Here now is my final conclusion. Read this with me. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Go on. For God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Would you go back to verse 13, if you would, for me? Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is, as the NIV says, this is your duty. When it's all said and done, here's the fear of God. Do what he says. Solomon says, by the Holy Spirit of God, Solomon said some things, and the first thing he says was, fear God. This is the key to your success. This is the key to winning in life. This is the key to your marriage. This is the key to your family. This is the key to your finances. This is the key to every aspect of your life. And why is this so important for us today? Because God is getting ready to do something. And he doesn't need a bunch of people that are afraid of things that don't matter. But he needs people who fear God and nothing else. Can you stand with me? Can I have the prayer people come on up if they would? Today as we are concluding this message today, if you are here today and need an encounter with God, if you have a need in your life, a physical need, a spiritual need, a relational need in your life, I want to encourage you to come and receive prayer today, but God wants to do a work in your life. But I just want to pray for every one of us here today in closing that God would give, put in our spirit that wisdom of Solomon 
that wisdom of the fear of God. You want that? You need that in your life? Would you just open up your hands before the presence of God right now? Lord, we want to tremble in your presence. Not in shame and condemnation, because we know that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But God, we want to have a holy reverence for you. How good and how great and how awesome you are. And God, many of us could say, I don't believe that I've been have a true understanding, nor have I been walking in the truth of the fear of God. Lord, we are just offering up our heart to you. We ask God that you would help us to take that step, to make that choice in our life that we would choose to fear you, that we would choose to honor you, that we would choose, God, to give you lordship over our life in every way. God, you are welcome here. You are welcome in our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people that fear God and nothing else. God, that we would not fear the culture, that we would not fear the spirit of the age, that we would not fear the impending doom, the message of doom or the, the message of, of, of the troubles on the way, that we will not be afraid, God, internally or externally, Lord, in our own lives and in our own heart. I pray, that God, that we would have a fear of you. Just as the psalmist said, those who fear God do not fear bad news. God, give us that kind of fear and reverence for your holy name. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. And amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, come this way. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you.